Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to WSHIT's Heart of the Arts, our ongoing series dedicated to showcasing the greatest artists, actors, and musicians of our time. It is hard to put into words the contribution to the arts this week's musicians have made to music. They have touched souls in ways only God himself could manufacture. The voice of an angel, the defining vocalist of a generation, lyrics only Shakespeare could conjure up, these are just a few of the things that have been said about our artist this week. I am speaking, of course, about Puddle of Mud and lead singer Wes Scantanalin. Let's go live to WSHIT's Artist Corner, sponsored by Gano Gone. Gano Gone, when Ganaria needs to be gone. Trust Gano Gone. And now, live to the corner where lead singer Wes Scantlin will lead Puddle of Mud in a rousing rendition of Nirvana's About a Girl. Absolutely breathtaking. Thank you, Wes, and Puddle of Mud. Now, we'll be back after this quick commercial break with more of Heart of the Arts. 
2020, the world shut down. Stores, restaurants, schools, and whole communities shut their doors in an effort to protect human life. As the world quickly changed, one man went on Facebook to get a degree in internet epidemiology. Brian, along with his lab assistant, Hotley, are curing coronavirus by commenting on fake news and reposting recipes of secret virus cures from a friend of a friend who works high up in government. Join Brian and Hotley as they discuss the world and life during this forced interruption. Learning, laughing, and loving in this real-life commercial break. On this episode of The Commercial Break... Like I said, no one told me it was going to be this much work, Hoadley. <laughs> no one said anything. The f- fuck all those people who I was... Hey, I'm having a baby. Oh, that's great, man. Changes your life. <laughs> Shit, man. You just like... You're never going to know love like you knew love. No, I'm never going to know sleep deprivation like I know sleep deprivation now because of this extra child that I have in my house. I am going to reason with him as if, I, if, as if I was standing on the other end of the door. I'm going to go, okay, listen, man, you're a fucking shithead and we both know it. You're probably into drugs. <laughs> you're into no good. You've already had sex twice and you're only four years old. What can I do? What, is na- what, what can me as a neighbor, what, how can I step in and yes. interrupt somebody who you know, knows my way into somebody else's life? <clears throat> I know about sub yeah. woofers. It, <laughs> I know about substations. Does your power go out? <laughs> The next episode of The Commercial Break starts now. I think I'll watch the documentary on substation power. Look at that. More documentaries on substation power. I just got done explaining to Chrissy Hoadley why if your power goes out for longer than 10 or 15 minutes, it's likely a substation. And she was fascinated by my Incredible knowledge of all things uh, that you all, all knowledge that you'll never need ever in life. Like, you, is anyone ever sitting around going, I wonder why the power went out for more than 15 minutes? No, you're like, Where's my fucking Netflix, man? My internet don't work because the power's out. That's exactly what we did, and we went straight to our computers and turned on our phone hotspot. <laughs> Good for you, you guys are smart. Look at that, you're dealing with a couple crack cookies there. They call them crack cookies. Cha cha cha. Are we on episode number eighteen? We're on episode number one eight. Are we? Woo! Yes. Is it number eighteen? Okay. We're. It I'm is. just checking in. I just want to make sure you're paying attention because clearly I've got my shit together. I'm just yes. making sure my co-host is <laughs> under contractual agreement to keep her shit together. So episode number one eight of your favorite show on the podcast, the commercial break. Make sure to go to tcbpodcast.com. That's where you can find all the show notes. Find out more about Chrissy and I. Drop us an email or you can join the break room. And now the break room has its first, very first volume one of the break room with extra content and all kind of goodies. So if you go to tcbpodcast.com and you join the break room now, instead of getting a welcome letter, you're just going to get uh, the first volume of the break room right into your email. Like magic, little uh, little magic email men are going to come and drop that extra uh, that extra content right into you and uh, <laughs> make sure email stork. It's the email stork. <laughs> There's a. And that's where emails come because from. Because that's where emails come from. <laughs> Daddy put his RAM in your mommy's CPU and RAM, RAM, CPU. And look at that. You've got emails everywhere. And you can like us. Uh, you can jo- follow us uh, at The Commercial Break on Insta. 
Okay, I'm getting hip with the kids. I realize that IG is no longer a proper, appropriate term for Instagram. It's Insta. So on the Insta at the commercial break, you can also watch us or listen to us on YouTube. Soon to be watch us. Um, but as I mentioned uh, in the commercial, in the break room, there's a layer of complication to putting something on YouTube right now uh, because of the pandemic. And so I'm trying really? to work it out. Yeah, it really is. It's very complicated because instead of one camera, you have to have two. So it adds 100% more complications. <laughs> I, have, I have two cameras, I feel like, on my new iPhone that I got. Let's you do have two cameras. I, I wish... I wish we could use those two cameras to record the YouTube version of the show. And then we just have it all, all down pat. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. now the truth is, is that it's, it's just, you just got to go and do it. And I'm, you know, I got a child that's, like I said, no one told me it was going to be this much work, Hodley. <laughs> no one said anything. The f- fuck all those people who I was, hey, I'm having a baby. Oh, that's great, man. Changes your life. <laughs> Shit, man. You just like, you're never going to know love like you knew love. No, I'm never going to know sleep deprivation like I know sleep deprivation now because of this extra child that I have in my house. And by the way, she melts my heart. It is true that the little girls for daddies, Aww. they just melt your heart. And now I'm like, I'm all protective. And she, I'm already thinking... I was watching a television show <laughs> where there were like, te- I'd say girls in their like 20s, like college age girls. And they, you know, the new thing with bathing suits is for them to be cheeky, right? They're cheeky bathing yes. suits. Oh yeah. That's the, yeah. yeah. That's There's the, you don't cover up your butt anymore. You, and <laughs> no. they wear them young, like, you know, 16, 17, 17. We oh, were, our, our 15. 15. The beach. 15. Recently, and we were like, oh, she has one. Okay. <laughs> and she had a cheeky bathing suit. The cheeky. So I am, my wife is already telling me that I cannot make any decisions regarding the clothing for my daughter because I'm already upset at the women that are on the television that their parents let them out of the house with that cheeky bathing suit. (laughs) And Astrid's like, you realize they're like college age girls. And I'm like, give a shit. I give a shit. You're not supposed to show your ass (laughs) in public. (laughs) I just said, show your ass at Publix. (laughs) (laughs) You have to wear a mask, but feel free to show your ass. So I'm already protective of my, you know, two, two minute old daughter and how she's going to be dressing. That makes, this is making me very well, upset. Holding. You were a, um, a young boy once. I was a young, young boy, <laughs> all boned up and ready to go. You know what they're thinking. Yes. So I yes, think that's the very protectiveness that's coming. You know what? I agree with you is that I, my fear is, my fear has always been is that if I have a daughter and now I have one, the reality is here <laughs> is, is that the universe and the karma are going to come back and bite me right in the ass. I, so yeah. that my daughter is going to be like 15, 16 years old. Right. And then Brian Green's going to show up at the door. <laughs> right. Hey, what's up, dude? Yeah, uh, listen, I'm here to take Mia out for, you know, just going to drive around and shit. I'm probably going to, you know, put my hand up her shirt, stuff like that. So <laughs> can you tell her to come down? And I'm going to be like, the hell you are, son. But if that guy comes to the to the door, I am going to reason with him as if I, if, as if I was standing on the other end of the door. I'm going to go, okay, listen, man, you're a fucking shithead and we both know it. You're probably into drugs. You're into no good. You've already had sex twice and you're only four years old. And here's the deal. I'm going to give you a hundred dollar bill and a six pack of Bud Light. And I'm going to tell you to go the fuck away. And I'm going to deal with my crying daughter up there because I'm well, much better equipped to deal with it than you are. Right. So just go away. And so I told this to a friend of mine, Raphael, and Raphael said, this is years ago. He says this before I even thought children were an option for me. Right. He says he's, but Brian, if Brian Green really showed up to your door and that really happened, here's what would go on. He would accept the $100 in the Bud Light and then he would drive the car around the back of the house and <laughs> knock on the knock on the window and go, your dad gave me 100 bucks in Bud Light. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> True story. 
That's yes. right. So yeah, yes. I think that part of the fear that I have about my daughter is that I know what kind of assholery is out there. And I, that's, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't uh, like an abusive uh, creep or anything, but I was interested in women mainly through most of my <laughs> young adult life. <laughs> and that was the only thing that got me up in the morning. <laughs> Yes. That and my uh, budding music career. I, I've known you for a long time. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. <laughs> thank what you're thank saying, God. Uh, thank God Astrid came along is all I know. Changed my life. It changed yes. my life in ways big and small, all of them for the better. So if Absolutely. you go to so to go to and then join the break room, you get the new uh volume the volume one of the break room and follow us at Insta and all that other stuff. And I do want to say if you get a chance, share the show, leave a review. Some uh, people have been leaving a review and I'm I like that. So I appreciate that. Thank you very, very much. I have to get right into it today and I have I'm a little charged up. And I gotta tell you why I'm charged up. Vroom. What's that? Vroom. Vroom, vroom. Yes. I'm all boned up and let me tell you why. <laughs> There's a couple, you know, you start a podcast like this. I'm just going to be frank with the audience because I feel like the audience would be frank with me if they were here sitting right here. They probably, <laughs> they probably, boo, probably what they'd be saying. <laughs> get off the fucking microphone. So I had to be honest with the audience is that when you start a podcast like this, you have to start thinking about ways to get outside of your sphere of influence. You know, I only have so many friends on Facebook, which is not many. And most of them don't want to hear my podcast. My family doesn't even want to hear my podcast, mainly because they listen to me all the time. And so, and there's only so far that posting on Facebook is going to get you as far as an audience is concerned. So when you start a podcast like this, if you really give a shit and you want to like, you know, have some traction, you got to start getting outside your, that sphere of influence and, and, and grab some more attention. So like I told you, we had a mildly successful, uh, internet marketing campaign on Google where G- Google, uh, spent my money for terms like best podcast to have sex to and best podcast yes. to sleep, to go to sleep to, which sleep I, to. I still agree with that one. <laughs> yeah, I left that one up. Two That's right. <laughs> and then we uh, went out there and there's other podcast platforms, like a million podcast platforms out mm-hmm. there. I could name them all. Exploding I won't go through right yeah, out, overcast, castos, castros, you know, pod bean, pod, whatever pod, you know, a pod heaven. I don't know. They're all out there. And what they do is they suck up my content and they distribute it to you through your favorite application or through your computer. And that's, and there's a million choices out there right now. It's a big deal because there's lots of content and they make money one way or another off of my content. How do they do that is because they can run advertisements on different places inside of the app. So while they're not, may not maybe making money during my particular show, they're making money by my content, by millions of people's content being on their application. Mm-hmm. It's the trade-off. You distribute it to your audience and I'll mm-hmm. let you make money off of my my podcast, you know, millions of podcasts, not specifically mine, but you get the point. You get the point. Charged up. I do. We worked in radio. We worked in radio and that's how it worked there. Too. Yeah, that's it. I'll distribute your content <laughs> and I'm going to make a bunch of money off. Of yeah. You. Right. And so mm-hmm. you, in order to get in front of a podcast audience, sometimes what you do is you go pay those people money to get in front of the, that audience. You might put a banner ad up or maybe you run some audio on Spotify or you do something like that. And I've been out there testing the waters just to see if we can get a couple additional listeners, you know, grow the audience base and, you know, see if there's, uh, you know, see if there's anybody out there that wants to listen to us. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so far, the results are not promising, Hodley, but I'm working on it. 
And so I have had uh, relatively positive feedback from all these little platforms. I go out there, I say, hey, can I buy some space? And they say, yes, it's, you know, who doesn't want my fucking money, right? And so it, sure. we've done this like two or three different places. We run some ads on Spotify and then we put a couple banner ads up in, in two different on two different locations. And I was going to go for a third. I found a podcast app I thought was interesting enough. It's new, it's fresh. It seems like all the kids are using it. And I send them an email and I say, hey, listen, my name is Brian. I've got this shitty little podcast called The Commercial Break and I'd like you to take my money and put, your, put me in front of your audience. And well, here's what they said. We here at Blibbly Blobbly Pocket, you know, Blibbly Blobbly Podcasts have reviewed content for all creative and advertisers and have decided that your podcast does not fit the correct content criteria for advertisers. We apologize, but we cannot accept your advertising dollars at this moment. And I'm like, wow, fuck yourself, man. (laughs) I'm good enough to be on your platform so you can make a dime off me, but I'm not good enough to then spend money advertising to get eyeballs onto my podcast. Is that too much to fucking ask? What are you concerned about? I don't understand. Okay, maybe Disney is not going to... Maybe Disney won't advertise with you because the commercial break's talking about tits and ass. But what's more important? Brian Green distributing the commercial break through your podcast application or Disney advertising with you? Mm-hmm. Oh, did you get what I'm going with this? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'd have to review the the... the, the podcast application i'll, I'll give it to you separately right I'm not, I, I am not sure I, I am not completely sure that the, the young kids want to listen no it, <laughs> to what's more important abc buying a million dollars worth of advertising or brian green paying you eight hundred dollars to put a banner ad up and let me explain my eight hundred dollars comes with my content on your on your application and I'm pretty sure that that's what everybody wants to hear. In the long run, it may not look like it makes sense now, but in the long run, you're going to be sorry you didn't accept my advertising dollars. <laughs> you're going to be sorry. sorry. <laughs> I'm really upset about this. I felt a little offended quite frankly. Big what mistake. A, we have big quote, mistake. Pretty woman, pretty woman, big mistake. Huge. Huge. Huge mistake on behalf of the advertising team over at blah 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 casts. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I do. What is so a- offensive about our content? Is it the sex? Is it the drugs? Is it the rock and roll or the violence? Which, it could be. <laughs> what is so incredibly offensive? Is it me talking about cocaine? Strippers? Tits? Violence? What's so offensive? Be. Aren't we all adults in the room? <laughs> Can't they just put like an explicit... You know, they do. Little... They put an explicit tag. And listen, you can go to this particular podcast application and you can still listen to the commercial break. And that's part of the reason how I found them. I saw that people were listening to this and I was like, oh, then, you know, maybe we should go there and there's some eyeballs there. And I'm just really upset that they didn't accept my advertising. I'm more actually I'm more my feelings are hurt. I, Aww, <laughs> I know. But I'm not changing for anybody. <laughs> no. Uh, 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 uh. We have a good friend. That's right. Allison Hare. We have a good friend. You didn't even know I was going to talk about it, but you're like, I have a good friend. <laughs> we have a good friend, Allison Rizg Hare, and she's got a wonderful uh, podcast called Culture Changers. 
and she uh, has been discussing with someone taking her podcast and putting it on a on a specific network, right? Mm-hmm. And they, she was telling me that they had. And I, I don't think she minds me telling the story. She had. They were. T- they were saying that we just have a couple of guidelines, right? They're just guidelines. Stay within these guidelines, and one of them is: can you cut down on the fuck? The fucks, mm-hmm. right? Take the fucks mm-hmm. out of it. Now, I've listened to Allison's show. Uh, you know, I've listened to a number of Allison shows. I don't remember hearing a fuck, but maybe there's one in there, one, one or two. And so she says it to me. She goes, so I'm not sure your show's a good fit for this particular. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Fucking understand what the fuck you're fuck talking off. about. Fuck off. <laughs> fuck tard. <laughs> fuck yeah. tard. Uh, and I understand this is a podcast of a certain ilk. Maybe it's not everybody's cup of tea. Maybe the kids shouldn't be listening to it. As a matter of fact, I discourage any children from listening to it. <laughs> Even though if you look at our Spotify statistics, it's mostly children that are is listening really? to it. <laughs> no, that's, I'm just kidding. Oh, no, you have to be 13 to have a Spotify account. And you know how they verify that? Check this box. Are you 13? Yeah, I was about to say. Which is like the old porn sites when that. it said check here yeah. to make sure you're 18. <laughs> <laughs> and i or understand the alcohol sites yeah i understand it's 21 oh yeah. yes i am yeah <laughs> I used, there used to be the gas station that would that you, they'd be like are you 21 and i'd be like oh yes sir i am of course yes i've been 21 <laughs> i've been 21 for the five minutes i've been in this store i've been 21 years old. i just turned 21 <laughs> when i walked in the door um and uh i understand it's not everybody's cup of tea but I don't think that there's any reason to go changing direction quite yet, Hoadley. When Disney comes to me with an opportunity, then we'll have a discussion about, you know, milking, yes. milking up the show a little bit. But I think right now we're going to stay the course, regardless of what blah, blah, blah casts says about our fucking show. So, so rude. Say, so we stay true to ourselves, Brian. Yeah, we are going to stay true to ourselves. Yeah. And the truth is we don't need any more listeners than we already got. We're satisfied. We, I feel good. Yeah. I feel good with the 67 or so listeners. I feel, yeah. I feel like all 30 of them that actually download the show and the two that listen, I feel good about that. <laughs> I do too. Both of them share my last name and that is really strange. Both of them are, have the exact same name as my brothers. It's just really strange, but I feel good about that. I feel like we're making traction. Things are moving ahead. So, uh, so tell me about how was your week? It was good. It was good. We're um, we're doing a little house hunting now that, uh, you know, I think I think a lot of people are in the same boat where you are now stuck in quarantine a lot. And yep. you're wondering about your surroundings and how much space is in between all of the people that you have <laughs> in, the, in you're, the apartment. You're, you're wondering if the six if you have the six feet social distance you need. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we've been doing some house hunting and that's, you know, been a little it's been fun, but it's also a little frustrating and whatever just it's a it's a puzzle it's a puzzle right you have a certain budget you want to stay in but it's never quite enough nope never works out quite though yeah you're like oh that's a beautiful house and they're like it's a million four you're like i have seven thousand dollars to put down on that house (laughs) that is the case yeah i came here looking for a moped i bought a million four townhouse yeah and interest rates are low and every and you're right. you're right everyone's looking to get out the housing market continues to be very strong because people are like well I'm going to be doing this for another fucking year at yep. least then I want to at least live comfortably right yeah and we live in a great 
great you really do yeah downtown right in downtown yeah. atlanta yeah. there's all, all kinds of you know park space and we can walk to restaurants and shops and all of that but if the restaurants and shops aren't open it's true it doesn't fucking matter then <laughs> you're in your place you're yeah you're on your own so you're on your own trying to stay in the neighborhood but it's a hot neighborhood so yeah there's a lot going on we're, we're just uh we're trying to figure it out but it's fun i say congratulations to you house hunting is fun it is it is a lot of fun and stressful but it's a lot of fun yeah. and then once you get the new house you're gonna you're gonna be in love with it for at least the first two days until you hear that first creak or crack and then you're gonna be like motherfucker what do we get ourselves into i know i, know. I keep going back and forth with that because yeah. I'm like we're in maintenance free living and what about that? But it's it's all going to be fun. My big thing is I want some outdoor space. Yeah, that's, I think you know, that that's the big difference between, you know, space. So when we'll I lived in an apartment, I absolutely loved it, but it was just me and that's all I needed. And it was yep. like a thousand square foot space with 500, you know, 300 square foot uh, little deck. And I love the community feel of it. It's kind of like my apartment building actually was like friends, right? Everyone mm-hmm. was just knew each other and we all went to the pool and hung out yeah. and drank beers and all this stuff. But you get to a certain point in your life and you're like, well, you know, the four walls are kind of closing in on me. Yeah. I wish I had my own space. And then if you start sharing that space with somebody like you are, and now you're sharing it with multiple people, mm-hmm. fuck it. You want to just, you want some space. You want to be able to get outside and get a little sun on your face and not have to like dial yourself up, walk down the corridor, go down two elevators, you know, go through the parking deck, get to, mm-hmm. and, and plus, what are you going to do? The pool's closed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you shouldn't be at the pool, but the pool is closed anyway, <laughs> because, you know, coronavirus yeah. and uh, it's difficult. I totally, totally understand it. But, you know, the good news about an apartment complex, I think my personal opinion is, is that with the apartment complex, at least there is an air of privacy about your apartment. You close the door and, and, and you're gone, right? You've essentially gone to the world and you don't really have to deal with neighbors too much. I mean, they could be bouncing and banging and stuff like that. But there's something a little bit different about a house, a house in a neighborhood. It's like now you now you got to there's neighbors around you and you there's things you got to think about and, you know, come over for a cup of sugar and a cup of tea. At least that's that's how it is with me. I live in this wonderful kind of bedroom community north of Atlanta. It's, you know, it's, you love, it yeah. beautiful. it's lovely and it's still young and hip. And so we have fun. But we've got the most wonderful neighbors. We hit the neighbor fucking jackpot with this guy, with this uh, a man, his woman, a woman and their two children. They <laughs> a man are, and his woman. A man and his woman. <laughs> I love Don't it. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted <laughs> up in here. <laughs> A man, his women, and his two children. Um, (laughs) And so, and they're just lovely people. And they, they, the kids cut the grass for me. You know, I pay them, but they cut the grass for me. And when we're away, they take boxes inside and vice versa. And whatever. It's it's a lovely situation. And we've never had any issues with them. They've always been lovely. And then there's a person who lives across the street. A man and a woman, a little bit older. I don't know what his name is and I don't know what her name is. I've never taken the time to learn it. But for the most part, we were always, we've been living here on and off for about six years. And for the most part, we just waved to them. And occasionally they would come over and they would, you know, the, the woman mainly, she's much older. She's probably in her early seventies, would come over. She would say hello. And then that would be it. Right. Hi, how you doing? Good. You know, oh, it's nice that you painted the house. Thanks very much. You know, your son is lovely. Thank you. Whatever. That's nice. Oh, since the pandemic had started, we've started to learn that maybe this lady isn't all uh, crackers and cookies. <laughs> <laughs> to tell. We 
saw an ambulance about three and a half months ago in the front of her house, right when the right when this whole coronavirus started. And I, of course, got uh, nervous. I thought older lady living in the house with her husband, something happened, coronavirus, right? And she's sick. And the husband is is she seems relatively healthy, but the husband looks like he has he has some health problems. So I run over to talk to the paramedic and I'm like, hey, man, you know, what's going on? Like, you know, concerned neighbor, like Mr. Superhero, what's going on? What can I do? What is it? What what can me as a neighbor? What, how can I step in and yes. interrupt somebody who you know knows my way into somebody else's life? <clears throat> I know about subwoofers. Yeah. It, <laughs> I know about substations. Does your power go out? <laughs> do you want to advertise your podcast? <laughs> I know about those two. How do you feel about <laughs> online preachers? <laughs> Have you looked into online dating coaches? Um, so he says, so the, and the paramedic has obviously dealt with this kind of bullshit before, because before I even get into the middle of the street, he's like, I can't tell you anything about what's going on. It's against HIPAA compliance. She's fine. You know, go back to your house. That's basically what he said to me. And I was like, that's fucking rude. You know, back... <laughs> Back when I was a kid, my dad would chase the ambulance down the street. Like he had a police scanner and he would show up on scene and he'd like be out there with like a, you know, an axe and a, you know, <laughs> gloves and a chainsaw. And he'd be like, what can I do? How can I help? You even cut the top of that car off. And the police officer would be like, yeah, cut the top of the car off. Yeah, get it off. <laughs> get it off. I'm going to go get some donuts. You get that off. I'll be back. And my dad was all, you know, this is the way it was back then. But now it's like, you know, HIPAA compliant and I can't tell you anything and don't sure. touch me and, you know, back off, get sued for, you know, even inquiring. But I was very concerned. So I go to my lovely neighbor, <clears throat> the one next door, and I say, hey, man, did you see that, you know, old uh, schnitzel puts over there? Uh, <laughs> she... <laughs> schnitzel puts. <laughs> she... <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Thank you. She went away in the ambulance. And he says, yeah, man, it's really weird. I talked to the husband and the husband said that she gets mad at him and she just falls down on the ground and tells him to call 911. Really? <laughs> and I said, what? And he goes, yeah, it's, it's really weird. I've seen ambulances over there quite a few times. And what happens is he just says... He, he he told him he told the my the old man the husband of this lady yes says the lady just falls down she just like fall flat down and be like call nine one one I'm having a uh, having a problem that's, that's one way to do it that is one way to do it <laughs> so uh, I said oh, okay so he said she's probably fine you know but I have her phone number I'll call and check in on her mm-hmm. a couple of days later yeah she was fine it was just an episode whatever you know he she might not be all there and I'm like okay. Like three days later, the doorbell rings, bing bong, you know, it's coronavirus, right? So you really don't want to answer the door to yeah. people, you know, especially when people don't have a mask, she doesn't have a mask. The dogs right. are going fucking ape shit. You know, the baby's awake. I open the door and I kind of like, cause you know, if I open the door, the dogs are going to attack her. Like, so I can't yeah. just stand there and open the door and keep my distance. So I open the door and then I like run around her and take my six feet behind her, you know? And I'm like, Oh, Hey, how are you? You know, and I saw it. And, and she, Oh yes. And she's holding a basket, a basket with a bunch of plants in it, like plant, like weeds growing out of it. And oh. she's like, and she's got this big a farm in the back of her. She turned her backyard into a farm. Where I think there might be ducks and chickens and frogs oh, wow. and there's like a German shepherd that hasn't been inside since nineteen sixty two. It's like it's a whole mess, but but it's not like the 
It's not like the neat kind of garden, you know, like the community garden. It's just a bunch of shit growing back there. And I think she, you know, weeds her way through it to find something. So she's got these plants in a box and she says, I noticed you're having another baby. And I thought that I thought it'd be very nice to bring you over some butternut squash. And I go, oh, yeah. And she goes, well, well, you know, with the pandemic and, you know, the groceries might be going away soon. So I thought you might want to plant some butternut squash. And I thought, well, that is just very incredibly presumptive of you. But, you know, yes, I guess we want. What do you say? I mean, I'm like, OK, yeah, I guess we want the butternut squash. By the you know? way, butternut squash sucks. I love the taste of it mixed with brown butter prepared in a restaurant. But I'll tell you what, I I, I get this misfit box of produce. Yeah, yeah. Uh, every other week. Sorry to interrupt you, but I've got you hit a you hit a chord with the butternut squash. So I get this. It's this box, this produce delivery service <laughs> of this misfit stuff that may not be sold at a grocery store. Oh, like it's, it's a little, it's a little cheap. off. It's brown or it it's looks little, weird yeah, or it's shaped like yeah, a penis. Yeah, it. gotcha. It's misfit. So I and for like the first few times, every time I would get this butternut squash, and the first time. I was like, fantastic. I love butternut squash. Butternut squash. Butternut squash ravioli. Mm. Very good. Magnifique. <laughs> Very delicious. Um, but then I got the butternut squash and was preparing it and trying to make it into this, that, and the other. And it sucks. And it's, then I got it again in yeah. the next box. And then I got it again. <laughs> and then I was like, well, this lady I might be supplying like it. Butternut squash. <laughs> anymore this lady might be preparing it she might be preparing this that might be where they're getting the misfit butternut squash because let me explain i agree with you by the way butternut squash not my favorite thing in the world unless it's in a restaurant for being prepared by a five-star chef and you know spaghetti squash spaghetti squash all day long but butternut squash not for me spaghetti squash i like it with spaghetti sauce i love it Mm -hmm. so anyway so the ladies so i say yeah you know what do you say at that point you know the neighbor's trying to be nice and I mean, yeah, and she's got three. She's like, well, the baby's I, crying. Wait, wait, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I've got to go. Oh, I think my dog just passed away. He was really <laughs> got to go roll his old bones down to the vet. <laughs> got a whole cremation plan prepaid for. Um, so I so I say to her, I say, oh, you know, she goes, well, I've got a hundred of them. And I said, oh, a hundred of them. Well, I better not take that many because, you know, maybe uh, the next door neighbor wants some, you know, the guy next to me. (laughs) So now I'm I'm pawning off a visit to him. Right. And so she says, you're probably right. Let me give you 50 and I'll give 50 to him. And that should last you all year. And I'm like, it's going to last me a fucking entire lifetime. I mean, (laughs) first of all, I don't even know how to plant butternut squash. Where am I going to plant butternut squash? I got a two year old. He's just going to pull it up out of the ground. Anyway, I'm growing weeds in my backyard. That's how effective I am. I'm not a horticulturist. I've cut down three trees in my yard, all of which were healthy when I moved in and died in the process. (laughs) So I did something wrong. And so I'm like, oh, okay. And she goes, well, let me tell you, you know, I got a hundred butternut squash. No, but you know, I do have to go. So maybe you can wrap this up pretty quickly. I had a, I had a whole package of seeds and I put them in my trunk and they spilled over. Well, I left my trunk open one day and there got water in the trunk and then the sunlight hit them and they started sprouting right there in my trunk. No. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> and these are those are these or these are those or you're just telling me a story trunk, from a different butternut. Butternut. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, oh, no, they just sprouted. And so I went and I planted them and look at they're sprouting beautifully. And I'm like, that's because they're probably a fucking motor oil on them. I mean, this. <laughs> <laughs> <it's just, laughs> 
I don't know what's in your trunk, but yeah. who leaves their trunk open for days at a time, right? And I'm like, first of all, st- stuff spilling in there, obviously. Fucking gross. <laughs> the whole situation's fucking gross, right? And now I'm instantaneously jump of germaphobe. I do not even want to touch the box now. I'm like, <laughs> uh, you know, pro- you pro- probably grew because coronavirus got into it <laughs> or something. I don't know. So I take the set it down right over there. That's what I said. I said, why don't you set that down right there? And I'll have my wife's really the, you know, she's the good one with the plant. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to be the one to put on the gloves and throw it away. Um, So I'm like, you know what? So whatever. Okay. So butternut squash, right? Uh, Now I, I explained to her that we had a new baby and that we were, t- I said, listen, I know you've, she's been ringing the doorbell pretty consistently since. And I'm like, I know, I told her, I said, I know you've been ringing the doorbell pretty consistently. And, you know, just understand that we have a baby and it's really tough sometimes to get to the door. Yeah. Plus, we're trying to keep people out of the house because of coronavirus and stuff like this. And she goes, oh, well, just to let you know, I don't have coronavirus. And I'm like, oh, uh, okay. I don't have coronavirus either, but I don't really fucking know if I have coronavirus and no one does. That's the whole point. That's why it's a fucking global pandemic. If everyone knew that they had coronavirus, we wouldn't be in the situation that we were in. Yep. So two weeks after the butternut squash, I get another bing bong at my door and I'm like, I see that it's her and I'm like, oh my Christ, fucking deal with this again. (laughs) And I come out the door and she goes, I need your help immediately. And I'm like, oh, okay, what's going on? It's the air conditioner. It fell on my husband. (laughs) And I'm like, the air conditioner fell on your husband? How did the air conditioner lift up to fall on your (laughs) husband? They're usually sitting on a cement pad. I don't know who was lifting it up. And she's like, oh my gosh, can you come over and help, you know, Bob, let's call him Bob. Can you come over and help Bob put the air conditioner back? And I'm like, what? Put the air conditioner back. And don't worry, we don't have coronavirus. And I'm like, oh my God. I go inside, I get a mask, I get gloves, I get a triage suit. I run across yes. the street and I'm like, if Bob's really under an air conditioner here, I might be a party to a, to a murder, right? Like that's what yeah. I'm thinking in my head is that someone threw the air conditioner on top of Bob because she got upset. I, she, then she's like, come in my house. And I'm like, where's the air conditioner? And she's like, it's up in the room. And I'm like, you have an air conditioner up in the room? What do you, and she's like, it's a window air conditioner. And I'm like, oh, a window air conditioner. So I run upstairs into this room that, by the way, is like something out of Buried Alive, Hoarders Buried Alive from TLC. Yes, it's just, it's unbelievable. And Bob is literally sitting, like he's, it's on his chest. The the thing is on his chest and he's trying to push it up into the window, right? And I'm like, oh my God, let me hear, you know, let, let me help you. And so I help him and I get it in the window. And she said, but we need to take that one out because that one is the, is the bad one and we're replacing the new one. And I'm like, how did you expect to get this out? And, you know, it's like all attached and everything. And she says, well, I was just going to push it out the window. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> you're going to kill somebody. You're going to push it out the window. You know, you, you know what I'm saying? And just she goes, shove the old one out. <laughs> God, you don't live in Manhattan. Like you're just going <laughs> to shove an air conditioner out the window or you're just going to leave it there and let it rot. I mean, so I say, listen, let's, let's think about this a little more uh, delicately. You know, you have the new one. Yes, we do. And then she says, because this one hasn't worked in at least three days. And I said, oh, okay, well, um, it's unplugged. Did you notice it was unplugged? No. I said, well, maybe we could try plugging it in. And she's like, well, I, who would have unplugged it? And I'm like, well, I just don't know. (laughs) 
<clears throat> there are I don't cats. Live here. There, I know. I don't live here, nor do I want to. I just want to be out of here as soon as possible. So if we plug this thing in and get it turned on, I'm going to be immediately out the door. So I'm like, there's dog, there's cats, there's all kinds of things in here that I'm allergic to. I'm like, holy, I'm going fucking nuts. <laughs> I, I turn, I plug the thing in and I turn it on and it turns on and I turn around and I go, see, and she's lighting up a cigarette in her room, in the room. And I'm like, oh my fucking Christ, you got to be kidding me. We're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. I'm sitting here in, you know, the Atlanta zoo part two and <laughs> butternut squash heaven. She doesn't know how to plug anything in. So I'm like, forget about it. It's, I'm so glad that I could. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you could have, you want to smoke? No, I don't want to smoke. I, you know, I got to go back to the baby. <laughs> I got in the house and I de-loused myself. I literally took off my clothes at the front door and went in and went straight to a shower. Took a shower. Yeah, it was fucking yeah. disgusting. Fucking disgusting. <laughs> and so, okay. So now, let's fast forward to three days ago. Three days ago, uh, you know, schnitzel puts comes <laughs> <laughs> can't stop laughing every time I say that. Schnitzel, schnitzel puts, comes over, rings the doorbell, rings the doorbell again, rings the doorbell a third time. She won't go away. And I'm like, fuck, man. Just, okay, let me go see what's going on. So she goes, have you seen anybody in the front of my house? And I'm like, no, wasn't looking. But no, I, right. I haven't seen anybody in the front of your house. Someone stole meat from my freezer. And I'm like, oh, oh, that... That does sound like a problem. Someone stole meat from your freezer? Like the freezer you have in your house? The freezer I have in my house stole meat right from it. And I'm looking for the culprits. And I'm like, what are you looking at? You think I took the meat from your freezer? What do you want me to do? Well, I noticed that you have one of these doorbell cameras. And I was wondering if you could go through the footage and see if you see anybody stealing meat from my freezer. I'm like, you are 620 yards away from my front door. Why do you think that I would be able to determine whether or not someone's stealing meat from the inside of your fucking house? Holy, this goes on. Then I go outside and then the lady meets me out in the driveway. She's like catching me before I get in the car. And she's like, did you have a chance to go through that? And I'm like, no, I didn't have a chance to go. I, I, actually, you know what? Yes, I, I did go through the footage. Baby. I have a brand new baby. I don't have time to go be going through my ring doorbell footage. I, bear, I, I don't even, you know, if someone yeah. stole meat from my freezer, I don't know if I have time to go through. <laughs> like, I don't care yeah. all that much. No. If they stole meat from your freezer, it's because they're hungry. Like, just leave it alone. Like, maybe it was that dog that you have in the backyard you haven't fed in three years. Maybe he stole meat from your fucking freezer. And besides, you've got 6,000 butternut squash plants beside, back there. You're going to survive, Bobby. I, I, I promise you're going to survive. Yes. So this, uh, this goes on and now she's meeting my wife at the front. She's meeting my wife before she gets in. The, she wants to talk to her about this and that and the other thing. Now oh. she bought herself an infrared camera system that has to be plugged in. It's not by batteries. And she wants to hang it from the tree and she wants to know if I'll come over and help her oh, hang it from the, the tree. You're the installer now. <laughs> the, pro- the problem with living in a neighborhood in a house is that you can sometimes hit the, the, neighbor jackpot like i did you know with the guys next door or you can sometimes hit the neighbor fucking cuckoo Mm -hmm. list like the one across the street and the thing is is i can't get away from it it's not like Mm -hmm. i can just close my apartment door and pretend that i'm not here if my car's out front they know that i'm here and they're gonna come and they're gonna knock on the door until i answer the fucking door plus i got a two-year-old every time that the doorbell rings i got like one of those side glass panels right so it's not (laughs) every time the doorbell rings my son runs up to the side glass panel and just like puts his face against it (laughs) He's like, hello? (laughs) One time I answered through the ring doorbell. I'd never used that ring doorbell ever in my life, like to talk to somebody. But one time she came over, it's like a week ago. And she's like, ding dong. And I'm like, 
bitched. Hey, Bobby, it's Brian. Uh, listen, I can't come to the door. I'm on a conference call. And she's like, you can see she's like putting her ear next to the thing <laughs> through the camera. And she's like, you're on a what? I'm on a conference call. I can't come to the door. I'm talking to you through the ring doorbell. The what? The doorbell. I just rang it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It's the doorbell. That's how I'm talking to you. Where are you, honey? I can't see you. I'm in the doorbell. I'm inside the doorbell. <laughs> wow. <laughs> can you can you come outside? No, I'm sorry. I'm on a conference call. How are you talking to me through the doorbell if you're on a conference call? Uh, I'm just pretending to be on a conference call. <laughs> this is how you take a hint. <laughs> how does your doorbell do that? Listen, I can't get into all the details right now, but as soon as I get off this conference call, uh, I'm going to think about some other things I have to do and then I'll be over like later on tonight, <laughs> two or three in the morning. <laughs> Leave the meat out. That's right. <laughs> Leave the venison out front. <laughs> wow, you bring up a good point, though. You know, I do. You got to make. You, you, it's never a bad idea. You know, it's, uh, when I'm when I have sold houses before. <clears throat> excuse me, when I've sold houses before. Yeah. One uh, real estate agent that I worked with actually had her clients go and knock on the door to the left, to the right, and across the street. Of of everybody, yeah. everybody that they signed before they signed a contract. She had them go ring the doorbell and introduce themselves and have a conversation because she's like, I've, I've run into so many clients that have, you know, buyer's remorse because of some bullshit that happened afterwards. And she's like, and so I, I think it's just a wise idea. Now, I don't suggest you do that. I, you know, I own, living in the city is a little bit different than living out here. Like in the city, I think everybody kind of like insulates themselves. They don't really get involved in other people's business, but you could mm-hmm. end up with like a kooky neighbor who's like recording. Oh, you. I mean, I grew up with tons of kooky neighbors throughout my years growing up. You had four or five schnitzel pusses? Oh my gosh. My mom, I remember just her talking about, she's like, why do we always end up with the crazy neighbors? (laughs) (laughs) And here's the thing. You know the neighbors are saying the same thing about us. She's probably Probably, like, she's probably probably. like, I went over to talk to Brian and he was he was inside the doorbell. (laughs) He's crazy. He's crazy. He found He's doing some kind of thing. He's got a conference call through the doorbell. (laughs) Yep. That let me, is the way it works. Let me give you a quick update if you if you'd like on Michelle and Michael from uh Ooh, Married at First yes. Sight Australia. Yes, please. So now um uh so we told the story last week and you can go back and listen to episode number 17. I don't want to rehash every detail. We we don't necessarily mm-hmm. have time for that. But basically uh the, some of the an older couple on this show Married at First Sight in Australia got married at first sight meaning they had, did not know each other before they got married and they're a little bit older. They're in their 50s. And so they got married and they've been going along swimmingly, cute couple, everyone rooting for them. Everyone really likes them. And then he tells her on the last episode, I'm not attracted to you physically at all. Chrissy and I uh, debated the merits of that and you can go back and listen. But in this show, you either say there's a commitment ceremony every week where you either say I'm going to stay or I'm going to leave. If one person says leave and one says stay, they are required to stay an extra week and see if they can figure it out. And that's what happened. He said he said leave and she said stay. So now we're in the week where they're, you know, during the week before the commitment ceremony. Mm-hmm. And this happens to be the week when the women go back to the men's 
hometowns to live with them in their own house in their own oh. environment for a week so now it's like the men's opportunity to show the women what they're up to and i guess next week they flip-flop the women get to show mm-hmm. the men what they're up to right mm-hmm. and so they go back to his hometown of adelaide or wherever it is in australia and he owns a pretty popular barbershop and beauty salon and then you know he lives in a relatively nice place so they go but one of the things that it seems like all the couples were doing is they were having a dinner of some sort or a social get together for friends and family so that they could see you know they could meet those people and see how they interact with them yes well michael puts together a nice dinner with his business partner and some of the some of his friends and they're all sitting around quaintly you know having a dinner and in the middle of the dinner someone asks well how's the marriage going how are you two getting along and Michael decides to rehash the same conversation that happened last week. He says, I love her to death. I do anything for her, but I'm just not attracted to her. And she absolutely, and and he says, and I told her this last week because I was hoping that the attraction would grow. And so I told it, that's the why I waited to tell her, right? And so Mm -hmm. she starts flipping out and she's like, why are you saying this at a dinner in front of everybody? Mm -hmm. And the other people in the room are completely discounting what she's saying. She's like, my feelings are hurt. I felt betrayed. I wish you would have told me sooner. You were telling the camera this, but you weren't telling me this and I'm your wife. Well, uh, all the other people, (laughs) and he was, to be fair, he was, and I mean, you know, this, it is an odd situation. So the whole table starts turning on her and she, they're, they're like, no, 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 you're taking this all the wrong way. He was trying to protect your feelings. And she's like, all I want is someone to fucking validate that, you know, my feelings are hurt here and no one seems to be doing it. It's like, she's living in a bubble. She says something and everyone's like, no, you're wrong. Right. And so I kind of am starting to feel for her. So at the end of the program, they get into yet another blow up fight where it looks like shit is headed in the wrong direction. And I'm really sad about this. I just don't think that you can be in a marriage long term, especially not one that's brand new. And I don't think you can start off on that foot without some kind of physical attraction. I really don't. I mean, it's just my personal opinion, but I would have a hard time doing it. And so sadly, sadly, my guess is, is that this is the last week that these two are going to be together because Mm -hmm. I just don't know if you can make it work when you don't have any physical attraction. I don't think you can. I really don't. I mean, not in the long Listen, we'll term. We'll see. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm going to be surprised. Unless you have some kind of like arrangement, you know? Yeah, like yeah, an arrangement. Like an I'll go. Bo- and I have known a couple of couples who do have arrangements mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know that they're not attracted to each other, but they have arrangements. Like mm-hmm. I knew a couple that once a month they could go out on a date with whoever they wanted to. And they got the apartment to themselves. Yeah. And they just like be bringing people home and screwing them once a month. And it was I, I was like blown out of my mind. I think personally, I think, uh, you know, there's a term for this. You know what the term is? Mm -mm. What's the term for people who like swingers? No. Oh, well, I um, polyamory. Polyamory. You know what I think polyamory means in French? My marriage isn't working. That's what I think. Right. It, that's what I think it means. Right. right? But we want to actually stay married. Yeah. So we're going to try this. Like, correct. But I, but there's lots of people who will disagree with me and they'll, they're adamant that polyamory is a lifestyle that can be mm-hmm. sustained. Now, I think there's enough people that I've heard about that do do this. So, hey, 
you know what? Each to their own. They each to their own. Not, it's not for me, but each to their own. you're not hurting yeah. anyone, or adults or children, in the arrangement, I think, well, hey, get your rocks off. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I know people like personally that, that polyamory is just the way that they've always mm-hmm. lived and they advocate for it and it's something that they don't think that monogamy is a way that people should live, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so God bless them to each their own. Yeah. I just personally don't think that that's, I don't think that's something I could do. But I think right? still in those instances, there was an initial attraction. Oh, for sure. There was an, that's, it, all my friends. That's kind of what we're talking about. And by the way, my friends rolled that back because you know what happened? A relationship started with one of the uh-huh. women that the man was dating and yep. the wife was not having it. She's like, this is not what we agreed to. We didn't agree to relationships. We agreed to sex. We didn't agree to relationships. And now yep. they're back together. And quite frankly, I think at least from the outside, looks like they're better than ever. Right mm-hmm. now. I mean, uh, who am I? I'm not. You know, I happen to be. <laughs> A marriage expert, <laughs> but that's just because I've gotten a couple master's degrees online. <laughs> oh, you know a little bit about everything, Brian Green. I, I'm just, I'm a useless as a it. tit on a bull. Holy, I I promise you that. <laughs> what lovely things people are saying, and what lovely reviews people are leaving, and I'm just couldn't be more happy about uh, so the listeners on the show. They're super engaged, and so I say thank you to all the people listening around the world. I'll leave it at that. Go to tcbpodcast.com. That's where you can find out more about the uh, show. That's where you can find show notes. Find out more about Chrissy and I. I've been this has been sitting up here for six months. How long have we been doing the show? Four months? Five months? This thing has been sitting up here, reminding me of what to say, and I still can't get it right. Go to tcbpodcast.com. That's where you can find all the show notes. Find out more about Chrissy and I, and you can join the break room. And now that there's the first episode or the first volume of the break room, you'll get that right in your inbox as soon as you sign up. You can't miss it. It's right on the website. So go and do that at the commercial break on Insta, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, and all the other socials. Uh, Hoadley, I love you. I love you too, Brian Green. We're going to get through this. I know we are. I'm we not are. sure when we're going to get through this, but we are yes. going to get through this. But yes. the good news is we're never going to run on a butternut squash. <laughs> <laughs> butternut trunk squash. We're never going to run on a trunk squash. I promise you that. Isn't that fucking disgusting? Trunk squash? Yeah, no, that's not good. Who wants squash <laughs> that's so been growing levels. on someone's trunk carpet? <laughs> it sprouted. Uh uh, uh. <laughs> uh, park, will. Get a get a driveway that goes in the back of your house. So yeah, I know. I know. It's that big. It's that big driveway in the front of the house that just yeah. puts everybody off. People <laughs> always turning around in it too. And yeah, I bet you know a lot of people walk up and they ring the door. I guess the house just looks inviting. It's <laughs> it like, does. oh, let's go bother those people. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just my cross to bear. I'm just a Cheers wildly handsome and yeah, wildly handsome and attractive man. <laughs> Let's go see that guy. You are. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week on the commercial break. Bye. Woo, bye. Email us at thecommercialb at gmail.com. Find us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the commercial break. New episodes drop every Wednesday. We can be found on Spotify, iHeartMedia, Apple, Google, and all major podcast providers. The Commercial Break is a great middleweight production. Written and produced by Brian Green. Co-hosted by Chrissy Hoadley.